0: This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. If you will, you should be pre-marked in uh, Philippians chapter 2. And... Um, because that's our foundational scripture. I want to those that are uh, we know church of the living water all of you all extremely but any of you that are joining us and maybe it's your first time joining us or if you've been with us throughout this series, we appreciate you. If it's your first time joining us, we are teaching ministry here in the in Austin, Texas, but we are based here in Round Rock, Texas, a suburb of Austin. And uh, we are a teaching ministry. We teach line upon line, precept upon precept. Here a little, there a little. We are always constantly, constantly trying to explain the scriptures to you that your life will be changed forever. We believe that you're not here by coincidence or happenstance or you just was looking for something to do. But we believe that everything is ordained of God when it comes to His Word. And so we believe that God has led you here this morning to hear the Word of God and to be ministered to. So sit back, relax. If you don't have your Bible, one thing you should know about a teaching ministry, you should always have a pad, a pencil, or a pen... And a Bible because you're going to take notes because it's information that's going to be given so that you can get wisdom and be able to make application of it. And so you need those things because we're not here, we're not here to shout at your darkness, we're not here to just make you feel good, but we're here to make you feel good about what God is saying about your life. But it takes time and because we've lived certain ways so long, but now is the time to get this teaching ministry down. We are in, I think, our ninth teaching on this particular subject, and it is being made whole restored and being made whole by the master's hands and we are so excited what god is doing in our midst in our church among our people and god wants to do it among you if you're in here this morning so it doesn't matter if you're in the body of christ this word will be for you as well god has something to say amen So if you will, you should be pre-marked in Philippians chapter 2, and I'm thinking and I'm believing we're on lesson 9, but we all, and and that's one thing too, if you catch us late or if you didn't catch another teaching, we have all of our teachings that you can go back and you can see, you just go to our website and you'll find that, amen? So we have been learning in this season, in order to be restored, listen to me, we have to work out our own salvation. And I love that part of this whole teaching, because everything is your responsibility and that's one thing that 's been wrong with the body of Christ. We want God to do everything we want the pastor to do everything we want people to do everything we want we want counseling for everything. we want everybody tell me what to do and how to do it, and then make you know walk along with me and make me do it, but you've got to work out your own salvation so in chapter two verse twelve, it says in our foundational scripture, Wherefore my beloved, as we have always obeyed' Not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Paul was talking here to the church of Philippi and he's saying you have to work out your own salvation. Paul is letting them know that you have to work out those things that God is working in you. Now I'm going to go over some of the things that we talked about in previous teachings. And it's simply for continuity of thought so that you can add on as we begin new information. So I'm going to touch on a few things that have been taught previously. I won't go into them in depth, but I will explain a little bit and we'll move forward. So Paul is letting them know that you have to work out those things that God is working on the inside of us. If you're going to be made whole you have a responsibility. Know that. I have a responsibility. If you're going to be healed you have a responsibility to accomplish the things that God is trying to do on the inside of you. So everything that God is doing, every word that he's saying, every every revelation that you're getting on any teaching, you have the responsibility to make sure that you're working it out that God, everything that God is putting on the inside. So when God begins to speak to you about things on the inside, it is, listen, listen, to answer all the issues of your life. There's no issue in your life that God can't answer. There's no issue in my, You don't have to tell me your issues. All you got to do is sit and watch God work. But every time God is speaking, he's dealing with every issue of our lives. And then it is our responsibility to do what God has placed on the inside of us. To improve our lives. The intent of this whole teaching is to prepare us for the next move of God in our lives. Now, the next move of God in our life is going to always be connected with the next phase of our lives. Our lives are in phases, and it's going to be connected every time. The move of God and a phase in your life is going to be moving, and, and almost simultaneously, they're gonna. When, when it happens, you need to be prepared. You need to be ready. You need to make yourself. You have to make yourself ready. You don't want to be behind. Amen. And then, if we want to be. Uh, um, Where we need to be when God's next move In the next phase of our life We have to be restored And I'll keep saying this over You cannot keep taking hurts and disappointments and letdowns and whatever's happened in the past, you can't keep taking it from one phase of your life to a next phase of your life. from childhood to adolescence, from adolescence to adulthood, from adulthood into your marriage, you do all of those things. You just keep taking it with you. You bag it up, pack it up, and take it with you. you cannot do that. But restoration will solve that problem. You've packed it too long. This is something that you're going to have to purge and let go. Amen. And uh, Now, at some point you have to stop and say, you know what, I want to be restored. I'm not taking this with me anymore. You have to stop, listen, and be made whole. This is your time right now. Stop and be made whole. The purpose of this teaching is to give us the tools we need to be restored and to be made whole. Again, I'm not going to do the work. Guess what? This lesson that I'm teaching right now, it's not going to do the work. All the, all the messages that's being preached, it's not to, to to work it out for you. It's giving you the tools and you work it out. So, don't think you're going to hear one message and that's going to solve your your situation, your problem. No, it's simply going to give you a tool so that you need to work it out. So, we need to do the work of restoration. Restoration is a process. It's going to take time and it's going to take work. And the goal of this teaching is for us to be established and productive. Both. We can be both. You can do more than one. You need to be established and productive. So an earlier teacher, let's go back to what we've learned one more time. We learned that restoration requires the work of obedience. Obedience. Now you should have your, now I know those that belong to Church of Living Water, you should have your notes right there. So if I ask you a question, you ought to be able to look at your notes and follow along. So, the uh, the restoration requires the work of obedience. If I'm going to be restored, I have to obey what God is speaking to me. Now, God is going to speak it to you through His Word. That's the way He operates. That's His MO. He's going to work it out through His Word. God will speak to you also by His Spirit. And God will speak to you through authority. And when God speaks to you, you have to obey what God has spoken to your heart. You have to obey. That is, I have to listen attentively. I must be willing to submit fully. And I must conform completely to the instructions that I have been given. So, right now, while we're teaching, instructions are given. You have to get listen attentively to them. Submit fully to him, like okay, Father, I see him, I know him, I understand what you're saying, and this is what I'm gonna do, and then conform to it completely, whether you like it or not. It's not about you. Got to get outside of your feelings. You got to get outside of you. Remember, God is the operating system. That you you are limited You can't swipe him up. You got to stop treating Him like an app. He's the operating system. That is the way. When you stay connected into God, He is the one that's going to help you get outside of yourself. Get outside of your own will and be connected to His will. Amen? And then we said we must be... Then we said a restoration requires that we rebuild what has been, uh, been damaged. And we found out that the things that have been damaged in many of us is proper relationships. We have to rebuild what has been damaged. We have to rebuild damaged relationships and the first damaged relationship we said we have to rebuild is our relationship with God because we found out in early in teaching, sometimes out of ignorance maybe, out of wrong teaching or misunderstanding the scripture or misunderstanding what you thought God said, you can have feelings toward God. You can be upset with God and that hurts your relationship because when you're angry with God or you have feelings about God, first of all you don't feel worthy to go to Him for anything and then if you do, you're too upset, you just want to, oh I just this is too much, I can't take it we got to rebuild those relationships listen, you can't think that God is the see, we always like God is the healer. Listen, you You can't think that God is a healer and you don't want to go to the hospital. See, this is a hospital. Coming to church, hearing the word, Dr. Hospital. So you claim that He's a healer, but you don't want to hear the word. You cannot claim that He's a healer and then avoid the hospital, the place where He heals. No way. This is the place where He heals. You're not going to get it any place. To, just like when something in your natural body goes on. You can do anything and everything else you want. You can even go over those little fasts, whatever those little fast doctor things you're going. But eventually you have to go to the hospital to be taken care of. So we have to rebuild our damaged relationships with God. We have to rebuild our damaged relationships with the church. and we have to, And we need to rebuild our... Relationship with authority. Oh my God, we definitely have to, you, we have to learn to rebuild our relationship with authority. The, that restoration requires the, the, all of the hurts to be healed and God alone can do that. We have to heal those areas where we've been hurt from the past relationships and from past experiences and the only way that you're going to heal your hurts is through forgiveness we talked about forgiveness at length and that is something that we just don't want to do that we must do if we want to be made whole if you want to be healed forgiveness That you know there's no other option you have to forgive that's essential to you being restored and made whole we have to let things go let it be and leave them alone. And move on from the past. You've got to move on from the past. Listen. Why do you think that it's called the past? It's because it's... It, 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 listen. If you don't move on from the past, then it's no longer the past. It's the present. It's not the past. It's the present. Because you're dealing with it. You keep, you keep bringing it right there. So the past is the past. That's why it's called the past. Leave it in the past. Because God intends for your yesterdays to be yesterday. He didn't mean for your yesterdays to be today. He's like, "Let let it go, let it be, and leave it alone. Don't bring what was in yesterday into today." Hmm. Because when you do that, you bring a whole nother, you you know, something that should have been long gone and over with, you bring it right into your life. Right back into your life. It should be the past, over. Church, we have to learn how to forgive. That means I have to learn how to see that situation properly. That is, I have to realize that God didn't cause the hurt and I'm going through whatever I'm going through God didn't cause it How could God let this happen? It never ceases to amaze me how when things happen, everybody want to know how could God let it happen. And you've done everything to make everything happen. God didn't make it happen. Maybe this world, maybe a situation you was in, maybe just you yourself. But God, the hurts that you have, God had nothing to do with. God, you have to realize that God is faithful to you. And even though you have gone through some things, and all of us have gone through some things, we must still realize that God... God is with me. If you don't, you're going to be upset with God. You're going to find somewhere to blame. You have to say, God is with me. I have to see the person that maybe have hurt me from God's perspective. Even if that person might happen to be me, I have to see it differently. How many of you know you can hurt yourself? And yourself is. Let me tell you, when you're hurt by yourself, you're the hardest one to to forgive yourself. That's the hardest one, because you be like, "Why did I do that? Why shouldn't I? Oh, if I could just take that back, you know." You can hold a grudge against yourself. Let it go. Let it be. Leave it alone, and move on. That's where God wants you. Then you go out and you, because if you don't, you then you go out and you start damaging yourself and everybody's life around you because now you're just doing things, just doing things off the top of your head because you're upset and you're mad. You can't have your way, and now I'm just going to do all kind of foolish things because I'm upset. So we have to make sure that we see the person from God's perspective. Then we learn that we have to see the present situation from God's perspective. I'm telling you, some of you have done this, and some of you may have not done this. But most of our healing, listen, listen. Now, some of you, since we've been teaching, maybe you've gone and done this, maybe not. But listen to me closely. One of the most healing things that you can do is make a list of every person Listen, that God has placed in your life to be a blessing. I guarantee you, you can't name everybody that God has placed in your life to be a blessing. I mean, who has been an bl- actual blessing in your life. But I'm going to tell you what we keep. We keep a victim list though. Oh, we have one of those. We can, we can rattle off people that have made us, that just hurt us. We can rattle that off. People that we think have mistreated us. Listen, you know that somebody... Listen, that's somebody that's going to always be nice to you. That may be somebody that was nice to you this morning. It's barely a ten. Somebody always is going to be nice. Amen? Somebody will be nice to you. Somebody's already done something nice. I can already know. But we forget all those things. We forget all those things that God is doing for us. And we only remember those two or three incidents that somebody did something against us. We keep those. Then we learn that we have to repair our breaches. Breaches are broken places and gaps in our lives. We have to repair those areas of repeated failures. And how many of you know, how many of you know that we all have areas in our life that we have failed? Where you are, you know, where you are good at some things and in one area, you just keep failing in that area. Like, you know what? I can, you know, every other thing I got, I, I got straight. But this thing is the hardest thing. That's a repeated failure in our lives. That's called a breach. And it has to be repaired. And the only way you're going to be rebuilt in those areas, you have to rise and build. You know, we are wall builders. Don't forget that. God has called us. You know what? Because we're on another subject and we're teaching about something, you have to connect it with everything that God has been speaking to us since September 1st. Because God is doing a process on us. He's doing a preparation on us. And it's taking this time for us to grab it. That's why you have to hold on to every truth that you get. Amen. So you have to repair the breaches. in who I am, that is my character, my conduct, and my commitment to the faith. I have to do that. I have to repair that. I have to repair the breaches in my natural knowledge. How many of you know that you don't know everything? Be okay with that. So if I'm okay with that, then I don't fear learning. Because I don't know everything. So stop saying, yeah, yeah, I already know that. When authority's trying to tell you something, yeah, I know, I know, I know that. Listen. Saying I know all of that. And you don't you don't know what you think you know. Let authority help you. Because you don't know like you think you know, or you don't know like you ought to know. So sometimes when authority is speaking, just listen. Especially children, just listen. I cannot feel learning, so often we are so afraid of somebody finding out that we don't know something. Let me help you out. Everybody don't know something. So you're in good company. I know you think because people have degrees and they have this and they, you know, seem so smart and they seem so educated that they know everything. Let me tell you, it's something they don't know either. Everybody don't know something. Amen? So if you know that, already know. Well, you know what? I don't mind now. Because what? I'm willing to learn. Because I don't know everything. You're not God. So you don't know everything. Your pastor's not God. So no man, no woman, nobody knows everything. They know where to get it from, but they don't know it off the top of their heads. That's why I, I love, uh, I founding pastors so much. He would never let people put him on the spot and ask him for something and he's just gonna talk off the top of his head. If he wasn't, he's like, let me, let me, let me get back with you. Cause he was always gonna pray. He was always gonna do research on it. He was always gonna look. Because why? Everybody don't know everything. I know to you it looks like pastors know everything at the drop of the hat. That's why people want to run up, ask questions about this, that, and other. They have to, they don't know everything. Spend time with God. Amen. Amen. Then I have to repair the breaches in my current condition. Meaning there are some areas in my spiritual life, natural life, and financial life I must realize I have gaps. And I have to do the hard work. And even the hard unseen work of repairing those breaches. Then in our last teaching we said we, uh, we have to be instructed... <clears throat> we're required if we're going to be restored is that we have to understand to be made whole that God wants to use us. But He wants to use us. He can't use us unless we are rebuilt, rebuilt, healed, and repaired so that He can use you. He don't want to use you broken up because how can you help somebody when you're torn down? God's like, no, I need you healed so you can help the others that are torn down. We said that God wants to use us. But there's, what, this, there's some things that we have to do. It's very important because restoration, we said, requires that we become settled. That's one of the hardest things for people to do is to settle down. Stop running from place to place and just settle down. Stop doing this, that, and the other. Stop being all over the place. Just settle down. If you're going to be restored, you must settle down. We read in Psalms 1... He that, uh, that, that's blessed is the man that doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly or sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but limited, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in that law doth he meditate day and night, and he shall be like a tree, a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth this fruit in his season, and his leaves also shall not wither. God, when we read that, that something just burst inside of me. And something, I know we've read it, You've re- I've read it thousands of times. But you know when God gives you a fresh revelation of it, it just burst on the inside of you. And I told you that one scripture, you can live your entire life off of that one scripture. And the Bible says that we shall be like a tree. I love that. The trees don't move. Trees are established. Got good long roots. They are established. And they are productive because they bear fruit. leaves. And you should be like that tree. Listen, at some point you have to say, see this is when you're being settled. At some point you have to say, these people that are in my life, you know what, I'm good with it. I'm good. They're good in my life. I'm a, you know what, I'm going to be settled with that. I'm going to stay settled with that. This is the place that God calls me to, to grow and develop. You know what? I'm going to be settled with that. Where God is placed. I'm not trying to look and do. I'm not trying to find no excuse. I'm I'm settled with that. That's called being settled. These are things that God wants me to think about. I'm going to settle on that. I'm not going to think other things. I'm going to think on the things that God has given me to think on. Then once you settle, you have to be consistent. Monotonous. You gotta be consistent. That's so important. In other words, successful people do the same thing the same way all the time. Be consistently doing the same thing. Consistently doing the same thing because it works. It grabs your attention when a person do the same thing all the time. Consistency makes you better. The more, listen, the more consistent you make your life, the more your life is going to prosper. Did you hear me? The more consistent you make your life, the more your life is going to prosper. People who live sporadic lives don't have success. Now you already know why you haven't had success. You haven't had success because you have a sporadic life. Now, I'm going to tell you, you, see, a lot of times people think, well, it's so hard for me to be consistent. No, it's not. You know why? Because you're consistently sporadic. So that, it's not a, part, a problem that whether it, it cannot be consistent. You can be consistent, but you need to be consistent in the right thing. But a sporadic life, you're never going to have any success. Listen, not only do I have to be settled and consistent, but I have to be committed. And I gave you a fancy definition of what commitment was, and it was simple. No matter what. No matter what happens, no matter what comes my way, no matter how... No matter if a pandemic comes, no matter if I lose my job, no matter if I don't get unemployment, no matter... It's no matter what, I'm going to do what God says. See, we think, and let me tell you, if you have a God that has to change every time your circumstance change, He's not God. If God told you something to do, or He gave you some instructions, He gave you an assignment, I don't care what comes that. You have to say, no matter what, I'm doing what God says. We said to be commitment, we have to endure hardness. How many of you know that life is hard? I know you young people don't believe it yet, but you will. Life is hard. Listen, aging is not for the weak. And guess what? You are aging every day. I promise you that. Anybody anybody can be young. And everybody was young. Can jump up and do this, that, and the other. Anybody can be young. But strong people can get old. Did you hear me? Strong people can get old. Listen. What I mean by that is anybody can pop up out of bed as a young person. But listen. But when things start to break down. But your productivity doesn't change. You still push. That takes some strength. Listen. And many of you. That's under the sound of my voice. Many of you that are streaming. Listen to me closely. Many of you. I'm telling you now. So you will recognize it. You are young. But you are too weak to grow old. You're young now. But you're too weak to grow old. So you need now to start strengthening yourself. You need now to start strengthening yourself. Right now. Because guess what? Old is coming. And you won't be able to handle the responsibility and what all comes along with age. You will not. You had better start strengthening yourself, get settled, get consistent, and start learning. Learning how to endure hardness as a young person. If not, age is going to rock your world and wipe you out. And it's coming. You're not going to stay young forever. Some of you know that. Some of you are already here when you get up. You hear your bones popping. You hear that and you're making noises. You know when you're young, you're not supposed to make noise when you get up. You just jump right up. When you start making noises, just know you're aging. Amen. Responsibility be too much for you to handle. Having to deal with challenges of life is going to overwhelm you if you don't start strengthening yourself now. If you don't start doing less music and more words, that's going to strengthen you. This is one thing I promise you. Getting old is coming. It's coming. And then we said we need to make sure that you don't get caught up, that you don't get caught up in a snare. And then lastly, we said that you have to remember that you are chosen and you don't want to disappoint the God that chose you. And when God chose you, he said you were the best. Now go with me to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. And we're going to start the new information. And subtitle this, this particular one, How to be Ordered. How to be Ordered. And in case you're wondering, when we get there to everything about how to be ordered, it is exactly what you think it is. How to be ordered. How to be ordered. How to be ordered if I'm going to be restored. How do I be ordered if I'm going to be restored? I must be willing, first of all, to be ordered. See, that's that. Everything that God talks to you about, it has to do with your will. Your divine center of choice. That's one thing God gave all of us and that is a will. And it's stronger than anything. Your will can override everything that God... God made it that way. Everything that God is speaking to you, your will can override it. It's a divine center of choice. That was what God gave you to let you know that He wasn't forcing anything on you. You have a choice. Adam and Eve had a choice. And so do you. Amen. So if I'm going to be restored, I must be willing to be ordered. See, there are a lot of people who are just not willing to be ordered. But if you're going to be restored, made whole, made healthy, healed, repaired... In every area of your life, you have to be willing to be ordered. God, I want to be ordered. God, I must be ordered. Amen. The Bible tells us in Psalm 37 that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Listen. Write Psalms 37 down. I don't care if you've read it before. See, that's the problem. We think because we've read it before, we don't have to do, we don't have to read it. Go back and read it. The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered. And when it says a good man, it means a man or a woman. The steps of mankind are ordered by the Lord. The steps of a good man is ordered by the Lord. And he delights in his ways. So if I'm going to be restored, I'm going to have to be ordered, because the steps of a good man are ordered. So ask yourself, have your steps been ordered? Because, see, I wouldn't take anything from from that to say, if it says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, that means the steps of a bad man is not ordered. You can't be established and productive if you're, if you're not ordered. Listen to this. This really shouldn't be strange to hear. This is how we make... Listen. This is how we make our children established adults. We order them. You order them. Did you hear me? If you want your children to be... Establish adults, once they become adults, you order them. Now, if you want brats, you ask them. You want a fool of a child, ask them. It amazes me when I hear parents asking children, can I go do this now? Okay, oh, oh. Well, just can mother, can mom do this, can I? You're making them a brat. You don't ask a child to do nothing. You don't ask your children to do anything. You order them. You make children successful when you order them. When you ask Timmy, I'm, I'm trying to stay far away from, from anybody that I know like that because I don't want to be... Any, when you ask Timmy what he wants to do, You have just started trouble. But when you order Timmy, that's a whole different thing. That's what the problem is in our nation today. We have people in authority. We have people, period, in different areas. Listen, who was asked and not ordered and is showing up in their life. And they're now grown. We have children that live in our house, and you're learning this now, and, you, and I'm saying this now, but when they were growing up, you asked them instead of order them. You made them brats. But well, I always asked them, I wanted to be their choice. You're a fool. You're a fool if you let your children make choices. Amen? <clears throat> now, listen. We are people in authority, again, who is asked and not ordered. That's running our country, that's doing in different, in our cities, in our states, in our low... And you're wondering, why is this? You, you, let me tell you, brats. Just Brats. I'll give you a second one with this. To be ordered means what you think it means. It means to take directions from authority and do it. Listen again. To be ordered, it really means what you think it means. It means to take directions from authority and do it. You are not going to be made whole unless you are willing to take directions... From authority and then do it. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. The Lord gives them instructions and they do it. To be ordered means to be positioned for change, growth and productivity. I said to be ordered means to be positioned for change, for growth, for uh, productivity Positioning. I remember when my granddaughter had a piano recital and she was about maybe four, at that time four or five or whatever but in looking at the person that was over it and seeing the way they were getting them ready and it was like herding a bunch of cats you know you, you they had practice all the time but they always they like come here no go over here come sit and they they trying to situate them and they are trying to and what and then they say okay when you get up there we want you to raise it up and we want you to do your dress like this we want you to bow and then they come back no put again, hands put your hands doing all of that what was that person doing then and even that person they walk in the front look back making sure they were positioning them for success in the recital they position them so do we we have to be positioned listen in other words if you're not positioned how are you going to be able to move in the, and be ordered you won't Listen, you won't. Sometimes the key, listen, to your healing, you need somebody to put you in a new position that you can't put yourself in. Listen, very important for some of you, your healing is going to come when you let, allow somebody to position you in a position that you cannot position yourself. God has that available for you. A new position. Some, sometimes you need people to change your environment. That you can't change it yourself. But you know what? Somebody with authority can come in and reposition you. They can come in and change your situation. But I, if you're not willing to be ordered... You'll miss your opportunity to be made whole. Because I, guess what? Because you're going to refuse to be ordered. And you're going to refuse to change the way you are. Because I don't want to hear what they said. I don't want to believe what they said. I don't want to do what they said. God is going to use authority to reposition you. You cannot do it yourself. If you could, you would have. That's back to, let me just make something happen. No. Hmm. I refuse to move into a new position. I don't know if I want to do that. Sometimes you need somebody who is going to put you somewhere. You're going to need to go. When a person in authority try to position you somewhere, it's for you to grow. You don't see it. Maybe you've maxed out where you are, and they say, "You know what? It's time for you to move over here. It's time for you to do this. It's time for you to be. You know what? You're going to grow over here." But sometimes, whatever position they put you in, you can't see that you can grow there because it's not what you want to do. But authority is moving by the spirit of God, and they're going to position you so that you can grow. You, don't have to, you won't know everything and see everything because God may not show it to you but that's why you must learn to be set under authority. So that even if I can't see it or know it or understand it, I'll trust them enough that they see something I don't see. By the Spirit of God. Why would they put me here? I got so much talent to do this because that's what God wants Because over here you can grow. But again, you have to be willing to be ordered. You have to be willing to be disciplined. Sometimes you just need to be disciplined. (laughs) Now that's kind of hard for people. To just be disciplined to stay under authority. See, here's the thing. And I'm going to put this in the first person singular because... That's how I want you to write it down. Here's the thing. I must be able to acknowledge that I can be out of order. Nobody wants that. See, you have to be able to acknowledge. See, you're not perfect. You can't say, well, I ain't never out of order. No, you got to acknowledge now. I can be out of order. See, if I'm not willing to acknowledge... That there, you know, that there's not even a possibility that I could be out of order, then you cannot be ordered. You need to say, I can't be ordered, because I just can't see why I'm out of order. You can't be ordered. So I first person singular, so I have to be willing to acknowledge that I can be out of order to be ordered. And when you are out of order, guess what? You are out of position to grow. You can't grow out of order. That's what I keep telling people. When you're out of order, you can't just step back in like you are going on with God and doing what you are there. Now, now, God has a work for you to do, but you can't choose that work. You've been out of order. Now you have to be positioned. And repositioned by those in authority. See, this series is a progression. That's why we I have to rebuild damaged relationships. Because damaged relationships causes you to say this. Ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. And I don't care. I, they don't all know what they're talking about. I don't know if they, don't, they don't know. We're going to do what we want to do. I'm going to do what I want to do. I don't trust everything they say. So you're saying that the person in authority don't hear from God. Because if they're saying it, they've heard from God. So you're not saying that you're not doing what they want you to do. You're saying it to God. Now see, that's the way God is hearing it. When a person will not be ordered, they will say that in a minute. Ain't nobody telling me what to do. I'm grown. Well, I don't really have to listen to them. I'm going to do what I think is best for my child. Nobody knows what's best for God. See, see I don't understand the value of, of a relationship with God when you're like that. You don't understand the value of it, you don't understand how He works. You don't understand the value of a relationship with the church. You don't understand the value of a relationship with authority if you are speaking like that. And let me tell you, and all of that talking like that, you know what it does? All it does is hinder your ability to be ordered. You will not be ordered. You know why? Because when ordering comes along, you want, you won't want it. you would be like, nah, uh-uh. And that's just how you said. No uh uh-uh. uh. Uh no, I'm not. You're not gonna want it. But listen to this next statement. Breaches are often the result of being unwilling to or be ordered. That's why you have gaps in your life. That's why you have big I mean, that's just big gaps in your life because you're unwilling to be ordered. And church, those of us that have had a few birthdays, we can, if we are honest, and we can be honest, we can tell you how many gaps. How many places where we've messed up and just been ineffective. How many areas over time in our lives where we just had repeated failures. Listen, if you go back, and you be honest, and you look at all of that, somebody tried to reposition you, but you wasn't willing to change. Did you hear me? I don't, whatever, if you look back in your, if, you, if you're divorced now, if, you, if you're messed up, if you're whatever the situation is, if you go back, and you look Somebody tried to reposition you before all of that and you were not willing to be ordered. Whatever's affecting your life right now, God will never leave you alone. He was going to give you words from somebody. And many of you that are streaming right now, they're struggling, you're struggling to be repaired because it's Breaches. You don't want to be ordered. And you know what? And these are really not breaches from years ago. These some that happened just a few weeks ago. Somebody tried to direct you, but you didn't want to do it. Mm, I don't know. When somebody tried to change something to get you where you need to, I don't know. You didn't want to make the change. Children are really good at this. It amazes me how everybody want to change children. When it comes to children, everybody want to change once they have children. Everybody want to change then. It doesn't mean that you are ordered because you want to change. You need help. But your heart haven't changed. You haven't been healed. You ain't learned to be ordered. You follow orders now simply because I'm tied into that and if I don't, I can't get what I want. That's not being made whole. That is not being made whole. I know. When somebody gave you an opportunity for growth, you turned it down. When somebody gave you the opportunity to grow and, 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 and heal those breaches, you turned it down. And now you have the breaches and we never would have, you never would have had them. Listen, if you had allowed yourself to be ordered. Some of you are in situations and circumstances that you're in. You never would have been in it if you, had been, if you would have been ordered. If you would have listened to the orders and obeyed them. And let me tell you, and for most of you, it's just the beginning of your woes from not taking those orders. And let me tell you, I don't care where you go, how you go, what people do for you, whatever. That won't save you. It's already in it. It's already going. It's already doing. And guess when you're going to really find out? Once your children become teenagers. I keep telling everybody, when the children are babies, that's easy. You'll find out, you're going to even say it out of your mouth. When they become teenagers, oh, it was so much easier when they were babies. Right now you're saying it's so hard because they're And all they're them, but they just want to play. But you're going to say it. You, you're going to know the real deal in just a few years and nothing's going to stop that. Why? Because you haven't learned to be ordered and guess what? And you're going to teach them not to be ordered. If you don't get healed and understand the healing and understand how to be restored work on yourself you're just going to pass it along to your children. That same foolishness. And you're saying to yourself my children are never going to go through what I'm going through. They're going to go through exactly what you went through. They're going to do exactly what you did. It Because why? You're probably doing the same thing your parents did. Asking them instead of ordering them. I get it. You know, I've learned some things in my life. A lot of my advantages that I have, it came simply from me obeying someone that ordered me. All my disadvantages is when I did not follow orders. And a lot of people, you're streaming, but you're struggling because you don't want to do what you have been told. Your parents try to tell you. They, I don't know why young people think, every, well, you know, everybody is different from them. They start dating, that's my best friend. Oh, Cliche. They ain't your best friend once you get married, but they are be my best friend there. See, all, your parents trying to tell you what they already see. And they say, that's not for you. You don't want to be ordered. Why? Because you're all in your feelings. And God is speaking to your parents. They, God is even speaking to you. You're busy sweating. You're busy, caught up in foolishness, and your parents are solid, and they've got them where they need to be, and God is showing them, and they come and order your life, and you are mad about it. They just don't understand. Don't want to be ordered until it's too late. And then you begin, become grown. Listen, I'm going to show you how how this works. You don't want to be ordered as a child, living in your parents' house. Then you become grown. And guess what? Then you go to church because that's just something you've always done. And guess what? You don't want to be ordered there either. You don't want to be ordered at home. You don't want to be ordered at church. And most of you, if you be honest, you've been you've had instructions from your parents since you were 13, 14, 15, 18, 20. They've been instructing you year after year. And if you be honest with yourself, you still haven't done any of it. Let's be honest. Now you're grown. Now you're 30, 35, 40. Forty-five. See, now you're grown. But the issue for you is this. If you be honest, everything that you're dealing with today started way back then when somebody tried to order you and you were unwilling to do it. You were unwilling to do what they told you to do. They told you, leave that alone, leave that girl alone, leave that guy alone, let it go. So then you got your own little private deal that nobody knows about. That's called... They might not know it. Nobody knows it, but you and God. That's still called an unwillingness to be ordered. It doesn't change because they don't know that you're doing it. Because God knows. I keep telling you... I've told you in time past, and I'll tell you again, it'll get you on the back end. Every time. Yours is not special, no. Yours is not the first time, this is yours, it's real love. These day and times, and people don't even marry for love. They marry to have children. They marry to get a house. They marry to get a car. They marry for finances. Love ain't even involved. What does love have to do with it? Nothing these days. I want to get married because somebody else got married. But guess what? New don't last new long. You You know that, don't you? If you don't, just hold on. New don't last new long. And you'll be like, Mm-mm-mm-mm. What have I done? Now you're stuck like Chuck. And still, with what I'm teaching right now, you're still unwilling to be ordered. Still unwilling to be ordered. You'll say, Somebody told me in high school, Listen, Maybe your counselor, maybe one of your teachers that was kind of close to you told you, you know what, you need to up your work ethics. You need to do something different. But guess what, you decided to be lazy. Way back then, when they were telling you to get, get, get on it, you wanted to be lazy way back then. And now you're on your 14th job. Uh, no, don't laugh because it's not a joke. See, you're laughing out there streaming. you laughing, yeah. Yeah, because see, somebody see in the 8th grade they told you you had full work ethic. In the classroom, you didn't want to do it there. You wanted to just get by. But now you can barely even stay on a job. We're talking about being healed and be restored and be made whole. I know you, you know, sometimes it's not easy to hear, but you know what? When God have you in the hospital, have you noticed whenever you're in the hospital, don't nothing feel good until you get ready to go home and you're healed. So you'll be okay. See, in the eighth grade, the preacher might have told you you had a problem following instructions. You wouldn't be ordered. And you've been paying for it ever since. You still don't see it. And guess what? And if you don't fix it, when it's time for you to retire, you won't have money. Hmm. Because that little simple deal that, let's say you're 8th grade, you're 7th whoever, your parents, whatever, whoever gave you that sugar, you still don't want to do it. You still haven't done it. Some of us have prescriptions. Because somebody tried to order our health. Decades ago. I'm not talking about right just decades ago. And you refuse to just make little simple changes. They say little simple changes. That would have changed your lives. And guess what? Now you're struggling. Don't want to be ordered. I'm simply talking about how to be made whole. How to be made whole. I know. I know. And a lot of you go to the churches and that's what you want. You just want to throw up a prayer. <laughs> and think it's going to happen. I'm telling you, it's not that kind of party. That don't work. That's throwing up a prayer. And God's going to drop a miracle down. God is telling you this morning, don't get it twisted. God is telling you this morning, I'm going to give you the answer. And then you're going to have to go and work the answer out see, see that's throwing up a prayer hey, let's just pray it down a miracle from God listen all of that sounds good and it does a lot for your emotions but it will never fulfill what God said you must work out your own salvation tell you it's not that kind of party it's something like a math problem you're going to have to show your work I was, you know, I was messing with my grandson and doing some math. And I had copied some some math problems that he had. And you can kind of see the answers on them. And so, and I know how fast, I've already assessed how fast he is and how he can do it. So he was adding up, dealing, he was doing his fingers and doing all of that. And then all of a sudden, he had, had did almost a row. And I said, well, wait a minute. I said, what is that, 18? And I said, you got that? I said, show me how you got it. See, see, you got to show your work. How did you get? I said, 8 plus 8 is 16. Now I know you can't just get that, that fast. I said, show me how. Whenever a child look at you like this, that's called a lie. I said, so now let's go back and let's do them all. Show me your fingers. So tell me your eight. One, two, three, four, five, six. And how many is eight more? Nineteen, eleven, twelve, thirty, four. And you just sit there and wait for them. So now that's how you get it. But you don't get it because you see it copied. That's called copying what you see. Do you? uh, If madam is not smarter than a kindergarten, something's in trouble. Somebody's in trouble. They need to be teaching me. But but I'm saying all that to say this honey, you're going to have to show the work for this. You're going to have to show the work. You ain't going to just get up and say, oh, I've been healing this, that, now, I I can do this, now, I've been ordered. Show the work. Show me how. Mm. So then we have children that don't know how to be ordered. Because we don't know how to be ordered. But again, it goes back to damaged relationships. And it's hard for God to order you. You know why? Because you don't see Him. Listen, you, you, you have to say, I don't see God as my Father. I'm never seeing that because I do. No, no, no. See, if you can't be ordered, you don't see Him as your Father. And you don't want to see Him as your Father. why because he is he's going to show you his way a father's going to show you his way and you can trust him as your father he'll always have your best interest at heart are you in proverbs chapter 3 3 in proverbs is interesting Proverbs most of the book now I'm going to be real real careful with this teaching because this is what I want to get to and it's going to take time because I'm dealing with carnal minds and I'm going to try to bring you in the spirit so grab on listen Proverbs chapter 3 listen most of the book not all but most of the book of, that's written is written by a father to a son listen A father to sons. But it is written by a father to a son to teach a son how to trust in a father. A heavenly father. It will come clear as we go further. Proverbs chapter 3. This father says to his son in 3 beginning of of, of verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all of thine heart. And lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him. And he shall direct thy path. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord. And depart from evil. He is saying son I am your father. This is how you relate to your heavenly father. What way is that? I trust in him. With all of my heart. And I don't lean into my own understanding. In everything that you do, acknowledge Him. Let Him direct your path. Don't try to be wise. Don't try to fool Him. Depart from evil. Doing your own thing. Listen, write it down. Restoration requires, first point of this, this morning... Restoration requires that I trust the instruction of a father. Restoration requires that I trust the instructions of a father. Now watch this and listen attentively and very carefully. God is my father. And he uses fathers. God uses fathers to direct us. To order us. And if I'm going to be made whole. I have to trust. In the instructions. Of a father. Whether it is God. Who is my father. Or if it's. A father. That God has instructed. You with. See I realize that. I have to take time with this because some of you don't know what a father is. So that's why I'm going to take this. I'm going to slow way down. See, a father... Now, now get this because this is going to be very important. This is going to be very important for the simple fact that I stand as pastor in this ministry. So it's very important that you listen attentively. Submit fully conform completely because God is about to reposition you and he's about to order you watch this attentively attentively God is my father he uses fathers God uses fathers to direct you To order you. And if you're going to be made whole, you have to trust the instructions of a father. Again, whether it's God who is the father, or it's a father that God has instructed in your life. Now, a father, please write it down, is a head of a household. A head of a family, a head of a group or clan, head of a household, head of a family, head of a group or clan. Now regardless of your age, if you're a member of this church, (laughs) I am a type of father. Because I just told you what a father is. But I'm going to give you other definitions. Because, see, now, i got to get the corner people right here. You got First of all, I want you to get outside of gender right now. Because God is going to deal with you about something totally different. A father. Because even though we read this in Proverbs and it says, To my son this and other. Do you, now, do you think that those specific scriptures are only for males? Now I know, and some of you, because of your tradition and what kind of church you go to, everything, you're going to get all crossed up in this. But you'll be okay. Because we just read that a father is ahead of a group, a clan, a household. Well, I'm ahead of a group. See, I want you to listen to the definition. Don't, listen, don't look at the gender. I don't have no male part. Because it's not about males at this point. Now, the word head simply means the natural example by which others in the family, clan or group that can follow. That's all that means. That's all the head means. I'll say it again. It simply means the natural example. A natural example, a person you see which which orders in the family... Clan, the family, the clan, or the group—they—they they give orders in that. In that, they lead that group in a in a family, a clan, or group. That's all a head is. It just means that a head is just a natural example that those who are in that family, that group, that organization, they can all look to that person as an example. A coach is a type of father. A coach is a type of father. A father is an authority figure. And authority is God's plan to do it. He's going to protect our lives when you get under it. So a father is someone who is over something that heads over the house, the home, the family, the group, the head, whatever it is, that they, the, a father protects them that they're, he's over, or she, he or she's over, that the father's over. Now, how does a father protect? Not with a gun, not with a bat, not with a fist, but with righteousness. The father uses his righteousness to keep the devastation of unrighteousness out of that which he is fathering. A father is respected. A father is respected because of what? How they live. (laughs) Now when a father gives, when a father gives me instructions, I must allow it to order me. Now that you know what a father is. So now when one shows up in your life, you don't have to question, is this a father or a father figure? Because why? Uh, you, you, now you got a criteria to go by. To see if they meet those qualifications. You don't go by bloodlines, blood types, birthdays, You could just go back and listen to this message and say, Is this person a head?
1: Are they an authority
0: figure? Are they respected? Are they an example? Can I see that they are living a righteous life? Is what they're telling me, is it going to aid me in being righteous? Or is it going to protect me? What they're saying. If, the, if that person have all of those qualifications, then they are a father. Don't, all of you carnal people, listen. Don't go getting caught up with the male factor. Not in this teaching. Because if that's the case, we have to go through all the Bible and pull out everything where he said, Now you are the sons of God. Because he surely wasn't talking about daughters. See, you're, you're mature enough to get this. You're mature enough to get this. Are you with me? Pastor, I can't quite... I can't quite get that. I, I don't know. I'm, you know, you're gonna have to help me a little bit. Okay, go to Proverbs chapter four. You should be right there. You're in three, four, verse one. Hear ye, children, the instructions of a father, and attend to no understanding. <laughs> Listen, fathers give individuals and collective. Instructions to order to order that they, they can give it individually and they can give it collectively. They do they give you orders in order to instruct us to order us. In other words, a father may not talk to you individually, but just as the head of a group, the head of a family. The head of a clan. They may give instruction that applies to everybody in the house. Grab it. God is the same way. God is our father. He might not always come and talk to you as an individual. But he'll give us a word for all of us that are his children. And we all get his instructions. It is collective. Instructions to all of us. So you don't necessarily need a father to go and sit down with you and have an individual conversation. If you are in the presence of a father and they give you instruction, guess what? It's yours. See, this is tough. Very tough. And the reason why it's tough and the reason why I'm out of time, but let me just say this. The reason why it's tough and the reason why you get kind of cloudy and foggy about this is because many of you have never had a natural father. So it's hard to yield to a spiritual father. And under the definitions that I gave you, whether it's male or female, because you've never, you, you never really had a natural father. Well, now we know you had them biologically. I mean, in your life. You see a bunch of people out of order, check and see if where their father was. Did you hear me? Now, some of you didn't have father, and then a lot of you had bad fathers. That's why you're struggling. But guess what? It's okay. You're at home this morning, you're going to swallow this. You're going to swallow this. Get a glass of water if you need. But you are going to sit at that table for a while after this streaming and chew on this until you swallow it. Chew on it. Chew on the definitions of a father. A father. That's different from our Father in heaven. A Father. I don't want you to buy no stretch of the imagination. I don't think I'm a male. I'm not trying to be a male. But you have to be mature enough to grab that. And understand what God is saying. Because see, you've you've been without, you you swallow it. You cannot think of any man, any man, woman, or anybody in authority that God has placed over you to protect you, to show you righteousness, to show you holiness, to show you those things. You cannot look at it and say, no, I can't because, you know, my my regular father wasn't right. How am I going to believe them? Not understanding what a father is. But I'm out of time. I don't want to get into it because then I'd go into it. But we're going to come right back to that on next week. Because I'm still not through with dealing with fathers. And you understanding a father, which is different from the father. Getting you out of the deal of just seeing, you know, and again, it, it, a lot of that time that comes from people and, and what kind of ministry they came from and what people have said to them about this. Look, we're not going to even deal with that. I'm not going to go to you and show you anywhere where God calls women to minister. None of that. It's not about that in this teaching. This teaching is trying to get you whole and get you to get up under being ordered.